ahead and settle in for our another Tuesday morning here at Men's Life. Put a few extra berries on that oatmeal, grab a little last splash of coffee, and uh, make your way into the room here. And we'll go ahead and get started. My MC powers seem to be waning in this cold weather. Yes, uh, I feel like I'm talking to my kids, telling them to go to bed or do the dishwasher or something. Uh, what's going on here? They're all out there looking at their phones. All right, come on in. Here we go. I know Plenty of good seats available on this snowy morning here in Men's Life, but that's okay. I think we've got a quorum, and we can uh, call this gathering to order. Thank you for braving the, uh, what do we got, about an inch or so of snow so far. But certainly uh, likely to pick up throughout the day, so please be careful out there. Okay, let's settle in. We are... Uh, Oh, getting about halfway through our, our second session here in Men's Life. A quick reminder to make sure you pay your second session fee if you have not done so already. Uh, if you have forgotten, don't worry. There will be plenty of reminders coming your way. But let's just make sure we get that taken care of. So we know that uh, Steve and the others on the leadership team who help manage things and organize things, the last thing they need is one more detail to worry about. So let's make sure we've got that budget taken care of so they can check that box. They know what they've got to work with as they buy all this great food and coffee to keep us nourished every Tuesday morning, all the resources and everything else. Thank you to those of you who have taken care of that already. Hey, a couple announcements before we get going here, and then I've also got, just want to make sure, is, is Jim, where, where'd Jim go? Is Jim, Jim Carpenter here today? Okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we're going to uh, hear from him in just a second, when I'm, so we've got a little guest announcement as well. You have to put up with me for just a little bit. A couple of things we wanted to mention. First of all, our, uh, as we've affectionately come to know, our, our heart guys. I want to give a quick update on them. Both Steve and Charles are in cardiac rehab, which means that neither of them can drive to their appointments for the next two to three weeks. So that's a bit of a burden. Now, Steve is, of course, married and his daughter's in town, so logistics are pretty easy for him. But Charles has neither, so transportation has been a bit of a challenge. So Steve over there, you know, he's going to be sending out some, some emails and some messages. If you're able to help in any way, please be attentive to those messages and just coordinate with Steve to figure out how you might be able to assist. You know, it, only, it might just seem like a couple weeks, but boy, those, those daily chores can really start to be a burden when you realize your ability for mobility and transportation are, are taken away. So please help out as you can when you see those emails uh, from Steve. Uh, we're going to have a pretty consistent weekly reminder about the preschool. 
So I've said enough about that already, just the transition and our need to accommodate. So just a a friendly weekly reminder to be a little extra gracious and helpful if you see people who might be taking your parking spot that you've been parking in forever or seem a little lost around here. Let's just give them a break and uh, help help us have a great transition to this new opportunity we have for ministry here at Grace Commons. Okay, uh, before we get to... um, an announcement by Jim Carpenter. You know, I wanted to, to follow up on some things that I've been talking about related to the, the fires. So, I mean, you, you've seen plenty of news and information. I don't need to belabor some of those points here. But, you know, I've been learning some lessons along the way and always just want to glean a few insights and share them with you. One of the big takeaways I've certainly had from this is the importance of financial management. You know, to make sure that your finances are in order, that you've got some things figured out with your budget, your debt, all this kind of stuff stuff, because you never know when tragedy is going to strike, and that's not the time to try to get your finances in order. Now, there's a lot of great financial planning tools out there. Maybe many of you are familiar with things like uh, Financial Peace University. Maybe it's, I, I know we've done some stuff here in Men's Life with that, uh, with Dave Ramsey, uh, some other people you may have, have heard of. Um, my family and I have come across a program recently that's been very helpful for us to kind of manage our budget, get back on track, figure out some of the, you know, get the numbers all in order. And just because it's been such a blessing to us, especially during this tragedy and this difficult time, I wanted to share that with you as well. So here's a little look at a financial program that's been very beneficial to me and my family. Troy. Oh, I just can't get these numbers to add up. It's like we're never going to get out of this hole. Credit card debt, does it ever end? <laughs> Maybe I can help. We sure could use it. We've tried debt consolidation companies. We've even taken out loans to help make payments. Well, you're not the only ones. Did you know millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control? That's why I developed this unique new program for managing your debt. It's called Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. Oh, let me see that. If you don't have any money, you should not buy anything. Hmm, sounds interesting. Sounds confusing. I don't know, honey. This makes a lot of sense. There's a whole section here on how to buy expensive things using money you save. Give me that. And where would you get this saved money? I tell you where and how in Chapter 3. Okay, but what if I want something but I don't have any money? You don't buy it. Well, let's say I don't have enough money to buy something. Should I buy it anyway? No. (laughs) Now I'm really confused. It's a little confusing at first. Well, what if you have the money? Can you buy something? Yes. Now take the money away. Same story? Nope. You shouldn't buy stuff when you don't have the money. I think I got it. I buy something I want and then hope that I can pay for it, right? No. You make sure you have money, then you buy it. Oh, then you buy it. But shouldn't you buy it before you have the money? No. Why not? It's in the book. It's only one page long. The advice is priceless, and the book is free. Wow, I like the sound of that. Yeah, we can put it on our credit card. <laughs> so get out of debt now. Write for your free copy of Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. And if you order now, you also receive Seriously. If you don't have the money, don't buy it. Along with a 12-month subscription to Stop Buying Stuff magazine. So order today. Yeah.
Okay, so a little financial wisdom for a snowy Tuesday morning. Hey, final thing before we transition to our teaching time with Mike, we want to bring up Jim Carpenter. So uh, Jim wants to make some announcements about some things going on with an initiative we've got going on here at church. You may have heard some things on Sunday morning about building multi-ethnic churches. So Jim, come on up, and uh, the mic is yours. Those of you who know me know I don't really need this mic, but I'll use it. Um, It is interesting to see all of you from this perspective. Um, I wanted just to give you an early heads up about a learning and training opportunity that we're going to have here at Grace Commons on February 27th, which is just over a month from now. The Racial Justice Ministry here at Grace Commons is sponsoring an event entitled, as Matt said, Biblical Foundations for Building Multi-Ethnic Churches. The opportunity will be led by Scott Anderson, who's a member of our congregation here. He's on staff with InterVarsity as a regional director, and he provides these learning and training opportunities on a nationwide basis. Scott will be leading our consideration of biblical foundations for building multi-ethnic churches, looking at the biblical vision from Genesis to Revelation of one multi-ethnic family of God woven throughout the scriptures. The event will be held from 4 to 7.30 p.m. on February 27th, which is a Sunday. We will take a break for dinner, um, either brown bag or pick up something on the mall. Um, It's free. It's open to everyone in the community, whether you go to Grace Commons or not. Um, We hope that you'll be able to join us. You can find the registration information on the website, and I would particularly encourage you to look at the video on the website, which is a really fun look at it from InterVarsity's perspective. We hope that you can join us. Thank you. Absolutely. Jim, thank you for that. Just another great example of all the wonderful things going on here at Grace Commons. So some great opportunities to get connected, to learn stuff. Hope you're taking advantage of the opportunities that uh, that we have here at this uh, at this wonderful church. All right, let's uh, let's spend some time in prayer. We're going to transition to our teaching time. In addition to that, and uh, I know Jim maybe wouldn't have mentioned this himself, but Steve definitely wanted to make sure that we're. I know you're having surgery coming up. Okay, we want to lift that up as well. that, that uh, you know, as Jim goes through medical procedures, as many of us have as well, we've heard about our, our heart guys. Uh, we want, just want to pray for God's blessing and providence through those medical procedures. Just one comment. The bigger prayer is actually for Katie, my wife. Mm. Um, because I have to be non-weight-bearing on my right leg for the next three or four months. So she gets to be my chauffeur as well as my <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yes, many of us know that sometimes there's some uh, um, collateral damage with our medical procedures that uh, those around us sometimes are affected even more uh, than, than those immediate needs we have in the surgery room. So uh, let's keep all that in mind and let's go to the Lord in prayer as we transition to our teaching time. Good morning, Lord. Uh, we, are, we are thankful for the snow and the moisture that is so needed in our, in our region. With that in mind, though, we just ask for, for safety for patience on the roads and our travel. Um, Help people get uh, safely to and from work throughout this region today. We're mindful of 
what's going on in our community with uh, folks recovering from illnesses, folks about to head into surgery, family members, spouses, loved ones who are going to be assisting and uh, shoulder an extra burden during those procedures. We lift them all up to you during this time. We ask for your provision. We ask for your guidance. We ask for your hand to be with the surgeons, help the medical staff make good decisions, and we trust that you are the great physician through all of this. We come today with, uh, well, most of us have a lot on our minds with the burdens of the world, anxieties of family and work and anything else happening. We lay them before you now. We trust that you are in control and that your providence is sovereign throughout all the things that uh, may give us stress, anxiety, a little tension and uncertainty. And as we transition to your teaching time, to give us further insights on how we might live by your spirit, exercise the gifts of your spirit that you have blessed us with. We ask that you would be with Mike, uh, that you would give him words to say, that you would give him a sensitivity, insights during this talk, and that uh, his words would be your words. Be with us during this time. Bring us safely back next week. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, I really appreciate your coming out this morning. Uh, it wasn't so bad yet, but it was hard to see the lanes for me. So I'm glad you made it. Um, talk about a lot of people who've been through some surgery. I had elective surgery Friday, so I'm sitting today. Had a little complication, and uh, the recovery's been a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But it really reminded me again of what we were just talking about last week. How every part of the body is important. And when one part suffers, the whole body suffers with it. But when it's working together, uh, how helpful that is. How amazing that is. Uh, and as we are the body of Christ here, uh, represented in, you know, we're, whenever two or more gathered in Jesus' name, he's right here in our midst. And so we're a body of Christ that is meeting this morning. And we can be there for each other and really help each other. Uh, as we're going through times of suffering, we can help each other, as we've been talking about. As we've been going through times of celebration, we can celebrate together. And, uh, and everything in between. So thank you so much for coming out. Thanks for being here this morning. So we talk about the body of Christ. We want to talk about the fact, again, the highlight from last week. Every member is needed in the body of Christ. Every member is a minister. We'll talk more about that today. And every member has a ministry. Ministry just means service in the, in the scriptures. Ministry is how we care for each other. But to do that ministry, God doesn't leave us alone. He knows it's a supernatural ministry. He knows it's an extraordinary ministry that, that requires uh, wisdom and strength over and above what we normally can do. As we were just hearing this morning, there's so much going on. It just gets overwhelming for us. But when we can tap into what God is doing uh, and through his spirit, uh, we really can uh, move forward. Uh, so every member, therefore, has a spiritual gift to carry out ministry. Every member has a spiritual gift to carry out ministry. There are many different kinds of gifts, many different services, many different ministries. So it's helpful to know what you're looking for to discover your gift. And we want to talk about that today. What are the gifts so you know how to look for them and how you might develop them? Some of you might already know your gifts. Some may not yet. Some may think, I don't have a gift. Well, we're going to tell you for sure today, you do. 
You see, if we don't know about the gifts of the Spirit, it makes it hard to educate ourselves to be able to discover our gift. So we're going to talk about how we can do that today. Let's begin that by kind of, we'll list the gifts, we'll talk about them. And as I go over the list of gifts a little bit later, uh, I want you to be thinking about it. So we talked about it in our small groups this morning. What gift, as, as, I, as you read through it, what gift might you have? Uh, put a plus by those as we talk about them. I gave a list of the gifts this morning. And uh, so as we talk about them, put a plus by those that you think you might have, that you want to discover more, and, uh, and we'll, ho- we'll help you maybe understand that. One of the best ways to understand that is through our brothers. And they might say, you know, I affirm, you've got that gift. I've seen that in you. And that helps a lot. Spiritual gifts come in many shapes and many applications. In 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11, the Apostle Peter stated that the gifts are divided up into two general categories. There are the speaking, more the leadership gifts, and there are the serving, or more the helping gifts. Speaking and serving gifts. He writes, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks... He should do it as one speaking in the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So speaking, serving, leadership, helping, gifts. Those with gifts of speaking want to be speaking not their own wisdom, not their own insights, won't help us. As I like to say this morning, I won't be able to help you find your car. I don't know where you parked. I can't get you home. I don't know where you all live. I don't know what's going on in your life. I really don't have wisdom for you that way. What do I have? Well, I've studied God's word. You have God's word. We have his truth and wisdom to use to know how to live this life together. So the speaking gifts involve using the truth of Jesus Christ. That the spirit of truth, as Jesus was favorite name for the Holy Spirit, spirit of truth brings alive into our daily lives. So we want to look at that manual for living, the Bible, that God has given us, when I ask the Spirit to lead us in those truths of how to live those out. The Word of God is amazing. When you use it in your speaking gifts, and that can be to a large group, or it can be one-on-one. Many of the speaking gifts are one-on-one. We always wonder, what am I going to say? But the Spirit gives us the words to say in the right situations at the right time. And it's amazing how it can make a difference. The right guidance for the right circumstances. It can bring reconciliation, comfort, joy into every relationship that we experience. So I always try to make sure that I'm bringing you God's truth. My truth won't help you. That's how the Spirit works through me. I entrust that He's going to bring His truth, the truth of Jesus, for our lives. Speaking gifts, as I mentioned, are not limited just to pastors who share on Sunday morning worship services. The Spirit releases gifts of encouraging others. Do you have the gift of encouragement? To have those right words. It just seem to, you know, you wonder, how did, why did I say that? But it's, it really helps someone as, as you come alongside them. You know, those who teach small children or teens or adults are given spiritual speaking gifts. And those who come along people in counseling and in care in difficult situations. They bring the word of the Lord to effectively work his power 
And this carries great weight. Well, what do I mean when I say that? Well, let's look at Hebrews 4.12. People say, well, what can a sermon do? What can a message do? What can even just a word of encouragement do? Listen to this. The word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It, cut it cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I'm always amazed when someone comes up to me afterwards and said, God spoke to me through you. And I'll say, well, what did, what, what, what did you hear? And sometimes they share something I didn't even say. <laughs> I know the Spirit's working then. The Word of God empowers our words to great effect. A helpful word expressed in time of greatest need delivers a person from despair. Guides them towards greater purpose, meaning, satisfaction in life. The word of God can turn back those walking toward trial and temptation in the wrong way. It can lift the veils of eyes that would cloud their judgment to see what is healthy. You know, there's the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment is really wonderful when people are in difficult situations and not sure which way to go, not sure which choice is right. So one with the gift of discernment can come alongside, listen well, and then the Spirit will share through that person to the person making a decision, what's the right way to go? Removing the darkness that would deceive them, filling their minds with the excellence of God in the direction they should take. Now the serving gifts are actions. They demonstrate the Holy Spirit's presence among us. Now, we might say, oh, the speaking gifts are more important than the serving gifts. Remember, no. Every gift is as valued as another. The serving gifts don't get the spotlight that many of the speaking gifts do. But they're just as vital and you know it. When you have someone who has that helping gift and comes alongside and you're in need, you really appreciate it. Amen? They really have the ability to do something special. These can be everyday kind of things. They just kind of know when to show up at the right time, led by the Spirit. Or they can be miraculous gifts. Jesus demonstrated his supernatural presence through his miracles. These are miraculous gifts. He changed water into wine. He walked on water. He healed every sick person that came to him. Was not a single, think about this, was not a single person who was ill who came to Jesus who wasn't healed. That's incredible. He caused blind eyes to see, deaf ears to hear. He cast out demons. He raised people from the dead. Jesus ruined every funeral he showed up at. Do you realize that? Because he rose the people and rose them back up to life. Happened three times specifically in the New Testament. I'm sure it happened more. These miracles demonstrate that God is among us. God is with us. And so also, do you know, the apostles gave many miracles to demonstrate that they were sent out by Jesus. Those miracles exhibited in their actions, that the Lord was with them, that a special supernatural power was available. They confirmed that they carried Jesus' authority to bring health and wholeness in their lives. So people debate whether or not the miracles are still happening in the church today. Some people believe that the miracles stopped with the apostles because they established the church and after that they weren't needed. But some people feel that miracles still happen today. I don't know where you are on that debate. I'll share you where I am. 
we in America tend to scoff at supernatural things. We seek scientific evidence for things. We downplay spiritual warfare. We downplay the existence of demons. We don't like to think that the evil one is present and alive in our world and in our situations and in our communities. But by doing so, we often fail to recognize the true work of the Holy Spirit. I was reading just yesterday in a devotion I have about how Jesus showed up in his hometown of Nazareth and when he was there, many demons were cast out by his presence. I mean, in his hometown. You think there are demons here in Boulder? Some fascinating to think about, isn't it? I mean, if Jesus dealt with them there in his hometown, you think, oh, Nazareth, it's a small little podunk town up in the hills, far away from the capital of Jerusalem. Why would evil care about that? Why would be demons there? Well, read the scriptures. Wherever Jesus went, he was casting out demons. It was real. We tend to put that down. But I say, why should we bind the Lord's hands when it comes to freeing people from the demons that possess them? From the evil desires that have taken hold of them? What about the addictions that we're too well aware of? Four out of every ten Americans deal with consequences of alcoholism. In their family or directly. That's demonic. Four out of ten. Many of you have probably had to deal with that. Drugs. Gambling. We'll talk a little more about, actually I'll be gone next week, but the message next week will be talking about spiritual warfare. So look forward to that. How to deal with these real evils in our society. I see no reason to bind the Lord's hands, deny his work among us, spiritually and physically. Granted today, we have an overabundance of curiosity about miracles. And what that means is too often, we want to see miracles just to see miracles. Remember, I was a while back at a camp with a group of teenagers. And I was talking to them about how the Lord would work and the Lord was with us. And one of the teenagers said, well, if the Lord's really here, see that trash can over in the corner? Have him raise the trash can up in the air. (laughs) I said, the Lord doesn't work that way. He's not here for show. He wants to work real miracles and where people really need them. And you've probably heard of the people who are always looking for those out-of-body experiences, near-death experience, what's life like afterwards. And, and they're, they're so concerned about what's going to happen after life. You know, the Lord is more concerned about what happens now and bringing the miracles of his transformation into our life now than he's worried about what's going to happen after life. I mean, it's there. No, for sure. I wrote a whole book on it. What the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. No more sorrow, no more tears, no more death. None of these bodies that are falling apart anymore. We're going to be in living with an amazing energy and uh, re- re- new vigor in a new world. You just can't even imagine it. But God is concerned about who we are now. And God is concerned about how we live now. And he's promised us abundant life. And that means even ways to deal with the afflictions physically, spiritually, mentally emotionally that afflict us. Now I personally have not seen many physical healings. Especially not, it seems, as were common in the time of Jesus and the apostles. Yet, I've got to tell you, I have witnessed some things that I just can't explain. Some healings that have happened that in my eyes and in eyes of doctors and others around me 
There's no other explanation but by the supernatural intervention of the Holy Spirit. I've not seen flames of fire descending on the Lord's followers, but I have experienced the renewal of lives that bring fire in their lives for loving, caring, and serving the Lord and serving each other. I've seen these miracles. I've seen whole churches renewed and changed. I've seen communities deeply affected. I've seen relationships resurrected in the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you? Those are miracles, friends. If the Lord desires to miraculously demonstrate his presence among us, then who are we to say no? Said, I think we should say, yes, Lord, please bring it on. Bring renewal. Bring change. Bring transformation. Bring healing. Don't be afraid to pray for it. You know, when my kids would bring their requests to me, there were always three great answers, right? Yes, and if I could do it, I'd love to say yes. I mean, I didn't want to be a no dad. I wanted to be a yes dad, right? It's good to be a yes dad. We've got a heavenly father that loves us so much. He likes to be a yes dad. But sometimes you have to say no. It's just not good for them at the time. It's not, they're not ready for it or whatever the situation. Sometimes you have to say no. And our Heavenly Father does that for us. And sometimes you say maybe. And that boy, that drove my kids nuts. Maybe. Because they weren't quite ready to have the answer. We ask a lot of questions. And that's okay. We can be honest with God. But feel free to ask. And we might get a yes, no, or a maybe. But keep asking. The things in prayer I've asked for, the Spirit, which are amazing miracles that have happened with an astounding yes. Many, many daily yeses. There are still things I'm praying for. And I won't give up because God told me not to. Jesus told us, don't give up on prayer. Keep praying. Seek and you will find. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Knock and the door will be opened. Amen? We want to keep that up. Miracle trans- miraculous transformations are happening today. They may be seen more on the mission field because people in the third world countries aren't so scientific minded as we are where we kind of put those things down. We need to open up more and ask the Lord, am I limiting you because of my thinking that you just can't do it? In 1 Corinthians 12, we find a list of spiritual gifts. Now this is not an exhaustive list. It's one of really four lists we find in the New Testament. And they're not exhaustive. But they give us a real good beginning start on what are some of the spiritual gifts. But before sharing this list, I want to go to 1 Corinthians 12, 7, which contains two really important truths, all right? Two vital truths for each of us today. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, doesn't say to some, doesn't say to a few, it says to each one, meaning every follower of Jesus. To each one, the manifestation, other word for the gift, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Truth one here, each one refers to each one of us in the body of Christ. Every follower of Jesus receives a gift, a manifestation of the Spirit for the gift of ministry. Notice it's for the gift of ministry. Point two here, great truth two, This is for the common good of the body. It's not for our individual edification. It's so we can serve. It's so we can share. It's so we can encourage. It's so we can lift up the body and help us all succeed together. That's how it works. Each one for the common good is given a gift. Everyone, there are no exceptions. The Bible consistently teaches that. Not just in this passage, but many others as well. As every believer has come to receive salvation in Jesus Christ through faith... 
by God's grace. So every believer receives forgiveness of their sins and the gift of the Spirit, Acts 2, 36 to 38. And every believer receives this new life in Christ. Now we need to learn it, teach it, discover it, use it. You might think you were skipped over for spiritual gifts, but you weren't. You might think you're not important enough. You are. Can't emphasize that enough. I love to watch how people take some of the most quiet people in the church, and, and how, how God, rather, takes some of the most quiet people in the church and uses them. They're the people that just, I think God will honor the most. They just come through. You know what I'm talking about. I can see some smiling faces underneath your masks. I've had some people tell me, Ah, oh, Mike, I don't have a spiritual gift. I have a hard time thinking the Lord can do anything in my life. It kind of reminds me of the painter who was up on top of a roof. He was on top of the roof and he was working on some upper eaves and he slipped and he began falling, rolling down the roof and he cried out to God, God help me, God help me. And almost immediately his overalls got caught on a nail and it arrested his fall. And he said, never mind God, this nail just took care of it. <laughs> God uses everything in our lives to save us. He's that kind of great God. Little things like nails to more important things like brothers. Using our gifts together. God is alive. He's working among us. He's gifting us all that we can be a part of this greater body that's doing great things for God. Spiritual gifts are not for our own glory, therefore not for selfish use. They are to build each other up. Have you ever noticed in the Lord's Prayer, for instance, there's not a single I, me, mine, in the Lord's Prayer. Not a single one. No singular at all. Everything in the Lord's Prayer is plural. Our Father. Look at the pronouns. Give us our daily bread. Our, forgives our debts, our trespasses. We forgive. We. Here, lead us. Deliver us. That's what God's about. Building up his body, his community into that greater life. So also in the work of the Spirit, independent types have a hard time. God's in the reconciliation business. God's in the building up relationships business. God sent the Son to bring us back into relationship with Him. God sent His Son to f help us to come into relationship again with each other. God sends His Spirit to build up His body and His family. Not so mysterious as you thought. It's all about God building up His family. Brothers in Christ. This is the meaning of the word ministry. Serving each other. God gifts us to serve, to build up his body. In using our gifts, every member of this local community becomes a minister to each other. The Apostle Paul teaches us in Ephesians 4, 11 to 14. I love this passage. It tells me about what I was about when I was serving as a pastor, but it tells us about what pastors are for and the other offices of the church, the officers of the church, and what we discover together. Ephesians 4, 11. So Christ gave him, himself gave the apostles... He gave the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. These are the officers of the church. They have specific functions to fill in the church. What is their office? They, their whole job is to equip his people for works of service. How about that? Who are the ministers? The people. What do the pastors do? The evangelists, the apostles. They're equipping you 
so that you can get in on the action. Remember I said last week, when I try to do everything, not much is going to get done. But when 90 guys get together, a whole lot can get done. If I can encourage you to discover your gift and use it for ministry, I'm doing my part. To get you to do your part. And we all discover the joy of doing that together. Why is that important? Next verse. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity of the faith. Won't that be great? We all reach this knowledge of the Son of God. We become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we talk about spiritual gifts and spirituality in Christ. We're not talking about these crazy ecstatic experiences. What are we talking about? We're talking about everyday practical reality of becoming mature. Of becoming knowledgeable. Of, of becoming full in the measure of the joy and love and goodness of Christ. We talked about the fruit of the Spirit as we encourage each other through our gifts to develop in our lives the character of Christ and the character of the body. So pastors are not ministers in the biblical sense. They're enablers. They're uh, gift uh, developers. As I said, one, two, three, or even four perfect pastors can't do much, but 100, 400, 1,000 or more ministers can change communities. You know, too many churches remain in that emaciated state of waiting for the pastors to do everything, and not much gets done, and that's why I think we're hurting today in America. We need the church to wake up. Now, another list of the spiritual gifts come in Romans 12, 6 to 8. And I'll go back to 1 Corinthians 12 in just a minute. Let me just read this list. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. To prophesy doesn't mean tell the future. It means tell the truth of God. Sometimes that involves telling the truth of the future. Sometimes it involves telling the truth of the past. Remember when David was uh, confronted by the prophet who talked about his past and what he'd done? That was prophecy. Sometimes it involves today. So prophecy, do that in accordance with faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, give generosity. Give generously. Do you know that that's a spiritual gift of giving? I know people who, God has gifted them with a lot of money. And I know how they have used it amazingly to help a lot of people. I know how a lot other people have a lot of money and don't use it at all for real good things. It's a gift of giving. If it is to lead, do it diligently. We need leaders for, for uh, our elders, our deacons, other leaders. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Do you know that mercy is a gift? Here Paul lists seven spiritual gifts. Prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, showing mercy. Uh, another list goes back to 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 11. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. Another the message of knowledge. By means of the same Spirit. I like that. Wisdom and knowledge are two different things, aren't they? If you're going to make a wise choice, you need the facts first. And I, again, this shows how the body works together. There are people who are really good with the gift of knowledge. They're enabled to, uh, to gather the right facts for the situation. And then the one who has the gift of wisdom can put together those facts in a way he knows the right decision that needs to be made. You can be really smart and knowledgeable, but you may still not know what to do with all that. That's why we have a lot of games like Trivial Pursuit, right? Those are great. You know, the people that go on Jeopardy amaze me. I love watching that show. They know everything about everything. But their lives, are they any better? No. They need to know the right facts for the right situations. And they need to know how to apply them with someone who's got the gift of wisdom to help them make the right choices. 
do the right things. So you need both. People with knowledge, just as important. People with wisdom, by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith is given by the same Spirit. You know, there's some people who just have that gift of faith. The rest of us are going, oh my, how are we going to get through this? They're going and saying, don't worry, God's here. Those people that are always faithful, they're steady, they're the rocks. They're like Peter. We need more Peters in the church today. We need uh, people who have um, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Boy, tongues is one that's gotten really a lot of uh, bad press and a lot of confusion and misuse. We could talk about that more if you have questions about it. Be happy to. We don't have time today. All these are work of one and the same spirit. He gives each of these gifts to each one just as he determines. The spirit determines what gift we should have because he knows what part we we are to play for the greatest joy of us all and the greatest success of us all. So Paul lists nine spiritual gifts here. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing the spirits, different tongues, interpretation of the tongues. Another list comes a few verses later in 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 28. Now you're each part of the body and each one of you is a part of it. God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Nine more spiritual gifts here. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healing, helping, guidance, speaking in different kinds of tongues, interpreting those tongues. Now you've heard some of the gifts mentioned in each of the lists. So if we were to take away the repeats from the three lists we've looked at already, we have about 20 gifts. 20 gifts. Depending on how you interpret the words and describe the gifts. Now there are other passages to discover uh, some more gifts. Old Testament, for instance, there are some gifts of craftsmanships and arts that were used to build the tabernacle and then the temple. These gifts can still be used today in our sanctuaries and our church buildings to enhance our worship and our gifts. So I gave you that list. I want to just take a few minutes now and then I'll sum things up. But just take two minutes now. I want you to look over that gift list. And I want you to put a plus by any that sounds like maybe that's something you might have. Okay? Let's take just two minutes and do that.
Now, it's hard to do in two minutes, I know. Spend some more time on it. If you've got questions about any of the individual gifts, talk to me. Uh, talk about them today in your group. Uh, I've got six important truths about the gifts that uh, you can look at. They're listed there, top of the listing of the gifts. Uh, in two weeks from today, I'll talk about more how to discover your gift and use it. All right? So as I send you out now uh, to talk about spiritual gifts, to help each other, encourage each other in using them, and we can build up this body of Christ, this group of men together in Christ, now let me send you out in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you're with us. We really need you today. We need your encouragement in the midst of so many things going on. We need your direction. We need to know your truth. We need your greater love, joy, and peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We need each other. We need people with wisdom, with guidance. We need people who come alongside to help. We need people who will encourage us. We need people who speak the truth into us, hold us accountable. We need brothers who can be there to help us in times of need, to drive us, help us build something together, help us accomplish something that we never thought we could do on our own. You enable all this, Holy Spirit. We thank you so much. So help us to uh, really be open to what you can do in our midst today, in everyday ways and in wondrous ways. We want to take the blinders off. We want to take the limitations off. We want to be ready for what you want to do among us, Holy Spirit. Guide us, empower us, teach us, and lift us up together. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys. Be careful out there with that snow today.